You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Hey. I had 41 cores like And Matty Rose. Oh, oh big, big stretch. stretch. Oh, boy. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio, bottom of the hour. Um, NHL on Sportsnet's Mitsoff Podcast. Luke Gazdick's going to join us, who uh, birthed the Cobra for us. Uh, big show uh, Flames analyst Frank Cron um, not coming in today. He has a family thing to attend to. So he'll be back Friday when we play Flames Hot Seat, where uh, myself, Maddie, Breaking Croner, news from the Green Bay Packers. What? They oh. fired Joe Barry. DC. Oh, wow. Why are you pumping your fist of a guy losing his job? Hmm? You were very, you were pleased about that. Oh, you just got up and pumped your fist. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I did. All right. Anyway, yeah. So no Cobra. Um, Julie McKenzie, eight o'clock, covers the Flames. The Athletic. Um, Flames lose four three last night to the ooh, to the Blues. Probably the most disheartening loss of the um, <laughs> season. Alcaraz just got broken. Uh, it's very to serve for the uh, spot in the semifinals coming up right now at the Australian Open, but nobody cares about that. But I'm so multitasking right now, I can't even tell you. Like, this is my prime. Watching tennis, texting with my buddy, looking at the text line, talking to you guys about the show, teeing it up. It's prime right now. Um, Wanted to talk about the prophecy that was fulfilled. Matty, you and I were there uh, the day Mr. Craig Conroy was announced as the general manager. Mm-hmm. Of the Calgary Flames. Yeah, we were. Day? Yeah, we were in the the Ed Whalen Media Lounge downstairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some nice sandwiches. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, we did have sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, they had good sandwiches. And then, uh, and then Eric Francis goes, "Dude, you can't take those with you, right? All right, franchise, yeah. keep your pants on. <laughs> yeah, we get it. Quit All calling right. me out. My pockets are full. Yeah. Um, what I do want to talk about is uh, something Craig Conroy said during that news conference was he wants to implement a lot more youth into the Calgary Flames. And Cole Schwint last night wasn't his NHL debut. Pretty damn close. Mm. Fourth game in the NHL. Add him to the laundry list of guys, of young players. They've given a chance, given a sniff to the big club here, Mm -hmm. which is such an advantage for the Flames to have their American Hockey League club literally, like, down the hall. It's been great. Like, that is so smart. It's something that you never let go. Like, the Leafs have had that advantage for years. The Habs have their team in Laval. Like, it is just so smart to do when it's literally down the hall. And Cole Schwint is another guy that you just add him to the list of guys who are making their Flames debut for the season and wanting a lot more youth infused into this lineup. Because what was the number one complaint last year when we see guys like Lucic skating on the fourth line play the younger guys and if there's one thing this team has done is played the younger guys and Conroy's been a man of his word he said he's gonna have a ton more youth into this yep. lineup and he's followed through with that well and and it even started like you you can look all throughout the season there has been opportunity there has been times where we've seen this happen time and time again uh Coronado got a crack coming out of yep. training camp and when that didn't work, they didn't just bring in someone from outside. They brought up Connor Zary, and then he started to roll. Then after that, they brought in Mar- Martin Pospisil, and he started to roll. 
And like you even go back to training camp, they didn't bring anybody on PTOs to you know block somebody or or anything like that. There wasn't like a you know I don't even know who was on PTOs this year, but there wasn't an older veteran to come in and, and take those reps at training camp. Instead, I don't think they had a PTO. No, they didn't. That's yeah. my point. Yeah, I'm just a- trying to remember anybody who was on the a PTO. Only waiver, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they grabbed AJ Greer yeah. off of waivers, which is a a way better way to go about your business if this is the type of team that you have right now, and. At every turn, it's it's been bring somebody up. Kuznetsov has had an opportunity that yeah. I didn't know Solovyov. we were going to see him for. Solovyov has had a chance as well. You know, now Klapka's up here, up here, and I I don't necessarily know if you know there's there's going to be him going back to the AHL anytime soon. Just given you know what he saw, what we saw in limited amount of time, like it's kind of wild looking at their ice time yesterday. Neither of them got over seven minutes in Klapka and Schwint, but they both felt much more impactful than they were on Saturday. And a lot of that comes down to, you know, in the third period as that game got close, they did not play a whole lot. They were sat down for, I think they had, what What do we got here? Two shifts in both the second and the third period for Klapka and for Schwint. So it's good to see. I like it, yeah. especially because your Wranglers team has been very good, right? So Wranglers team has been dynamite lately. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you about, um, and I was thinking about this last night, and uh, I wanted to talk about how, again, Conroy has, uh, he's, he's been living up to what he said. He's like, I'm going to infuse this lineup with more youth than he if has. If you don't want to be here, I'm going to trade you. Pretty much. And, done I, that? And, I, and I like that attitude, too. Instead Did that of the, was the door off? Instead of the woe is me, like, oh, flames, oh, please stay, blah, blah. No. Yeah. And, and again, the talk was if they, if they could have traded Zadorov that night, they would have. Yeah, essentially. Once he made that stupid thing with his agent, they would have traded him that night if they could have. Essentially, what has led to Corey Perry being an Edmonton Oiler is what led to Nikita Zadorov being a Canuck because that allowed the trade to happen with Dickinson to the Blackhawks, which gave the Canucks cap room. And that's if you follow all the breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah. That's how it all came to be. Um, what I wanted to ask, too, is about um, A.J. Greer. Yeah, sure. Again, he... I thought he played well last night, but yeah. I, I was thinking to myself watching the game, and I want to discuss this with you, and Patrick, please weigh in. Um, what does this guy have to do? Throw him a bone a little bit. <laughs> Elevate him in the lineup a little bit, right? Like, just give him a chance. Like, the guy's been such a good soldier for the... And listen, like, hey. I know, but, like, I know that Francis keeps saying that Coronado is a perfect fit on that second and line. And he was way better yesterday. He was. And he was a great fit. Yeah. He should have scored on that one-timer from yeah. Zary. But Bennington made a great stop. He did. Um, but, like, again, you and Kron were talking about how you liked, uh, you want maybe a little more physicality there with uh, Zary and Kadri. But, like, what does A.J. Greer have to do to earn a spot to elevate himself in the lineup. I don't I don't know if he can do much more. Like it's it's tough to go from one point where we're like play the youth to the other where you're like give AJ Greer more, right? Because AJ Greer is not really in that category. Uh I'm a big fan of the player and and listen, like we saw in the lines at practice when Manjapani was out, Greer did get the bump up there. I just think that this is one of those times where Coronado's been in the AHL a long time. He's done good things down there. Bring him up, give him more of a look, give him a little bit of a reward because that's the guy who's going to be in your franchise long term, not necessarily the same outlook for an AJ Greer type. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the player. I, you know, he only skated like eight and a half yesterday, but he's one of those guys who brings his lunch pail. I'm, I'm a big fan of watching him play. And, and, and it, I know it, the ice time isn't what it you know what it is for a lot of the other guys on the team, but. 
it, it seemingly he never takes a shift off either. Like in his limited nope. opportunity, he's always, and I'm just saying his size and he does have a bit of a touch around the net. I'm just saying the guys, I think he just deserves maybe that carrot to be elevated into the lineup. Where do you put him? I'm not, I'm not really sure because mm-hmm. Lindholm, Sharon Govich and Huberto, I thought were they were pretty good. good they last were better night. again. They were better compared last to the night. Saturday game. But again, you can like, again, Manjapani had, he, he played okay last night. Yeah, he might be banged up though, right? Let me right. practice the Again, there's a, there's a spot that, you know. Sure. But I also wonder, like, they're kind of running out of fourth liners. Like, I wonder if they make a decision on Adam Rzichka sooner rather than later on what they're going to do here. Because for him Waver? to be scrat, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they want him down in the AHL. You think he gets snapped up right away if he goes to waivers? I don't, I don't know if, the, I, I, I don't know if the team would agree with me here, but. Would it be the worst thing? No, like they, they've given him a ton. <laughs> Would of, it be the worst thing? No, again, like he's a guy that we've talked about. Like this was a guy you were expecting to get a coach bump. Yeah, you know, and the, again, we, we talk, he, oh, and, he's, but he's not that typical fourth liner. Like he, he could be a guy that just needs a change of scenery. Totally, to, well, to kind thing. of restart totally. his NHL career. Which you don't want to necessarily do in the Western Conference if you're the right. But again, well, I, I know, but. Like he's Here's the other thing, seven. too. If, if he's going to be your healthy scratch right now, you just roll with him there. What sure, mean? whatever. That's fine. 31 but, points in 75 games. That's what he's had in the NHL. So he's contributing in a, in a roundabout yeah, but way. Like, but a lot of that was like a 20-game stretch where yeah, he had like season. 25 points yeah. where he was playing on the top line and like he, he was getting a ton of... He was in a role that you know was suited for producing points. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a guy who... When he was given t- he, chances to be up in the lineup earlier, the he's got passed by all the other yeah. young guys that have shown more at the AHL level and have obviously shown more at the NHL level. It's just it's, mm-hmm. it's just what happens for fourth round picks. Like, you know, you're we not can, always uh, going to be a I star. Yeah. Um, well, ask Luke Gazdick that question. Like second chances for guys when when you're a professional and you're like. Things aren't working out for me here. I, I think I need a new start. At what point do you say that to yourself? Is that a conversation a lot of guys have around the league? That's something we can ask Luke Gazdick coming up like, straight ahead because he's I, a guy who's played in a lot of organizations, was a well-traveled individual because I feel like they've given him enough opportunity. The quote sample size, uh, although it's not even a full NHL season yet, but it's like they've given this guy a chance, a lot of chances. And it's it's is he a centerman? Is he's, he a winger? Well, yeah, too? Like, he's what played is he? well when he has the chances, but it's it's the time in between where you're like, hey, you kind of got to pay your dues as well. Like, we need you to be the fourth liner for a couple of months here. We need you to play like it. We need you to just move your feet and be a little bit more intense, shift to shift, and yeah. a little bit more give a crap every single night. And I don't know, he feels like a guy that I wonder if he would like a bit of a change of scenery at this point as well. Mm. I think it's reasonable to wonder. Um. Quick update before we get to the break. Could I hear my didgeridoo, please? Oh God. <laughs> um, do we do we have it? Um, GVP. Thank you. Uh, update at the Australian Open. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz out. Oh, he lost, eh? Alex Zverev uh, wins the four set, six to four. He's off to his seventh Grand Slam semifinal. Second at the Australian Open, he will play Russia's Daniil Medvedev in the semifinals. So. We're all set. Zverev and Medvedev on one side, Djokovic and Sinner on the other. A nice semifinal. So Carlos Alcaraz, the quote king of tennis now, after he beat Djokovic <laughs> Get at Wimbledon, out, of here. out in the quarterfinals. 
at the Australian Open. We'll see you at Indian Wells. Sure. And Miami. And Miami. Yeah. All right. Luke Gazdick next. <laughs> I didn't say to stop. Luke Gazdick next. <laughs> Big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the Big Show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the top of the hour, Julian McKenzie covers the Flames for the Athletic. You also hear him on Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon a couple days a week right here on Sportsnet 960 to fan. We'll have our locks of the day to wrap up today's edition of the program. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, NHL on Sportsnet analyst, former National Hockey Leaguer Mitsoff podcast host, we say good morning to Luke Gazdick. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, boys. And just down at... Uh... Scotiabank Arena, getting oh. ready to watch the uh, Leafs and Jets pregame skates. Just picked up a Tim's and doing all right. Okay, so what is Luke Gazik's Tim's order? Lay it on me. Uh, medium regular coffee, double toasted everything bagel with butter. Okay, now I had this conversation with the boys uh, a couple weeks ago. Have you noticed how the bagels are now the size of the donuts? What the hell happened, Luke? Yeah, that, and I say double toasted every time, but either it's raw or it's completely charred. Okay. <laughs> There's no in-between. It's true, but it is like $2, so I don't think beggars can be choosers. Uh, yeah, Luke. boys, Tim's has, gone, Tim's has gone a little downhill, though, I'm not going to lie. Okay, all right, um, okay. Um, wanted to get your, what? okay, what are, you, what are you looking for? When you're there for a morning skate, like what is Luke Gazdick watching for in a morning skate? Because you had so many in your career. What are you looking for when you're down there at Scotiabank this morning? You know what? I went to my first one a couple weeks ago now as uh, on this side of it, I guess, not being a player. Um, Mostly I'm looking for a line combos. I want to see who's playing with each other. Um, The like, I want to see the tempo too. Like, I noticed the last time I watched this, Toronto was just buzzing in pregame skate. And so I'm looking at kind of the tempo. I'm looking to see who's playing with each other. Uh, and just if anything stands out to me, who's goal, what's goalie starting, you know, kind of little things guys are working on. Uh, and then I always like to go mix it up uh, after the skates with anybody that I played with down there, say hi to former teammates and stuff. You don't, uh, you don't look forward to the press conferences and the, the cliches and all that type of thing? I'm not going to lie. So Sammy Cosentino, I worked with him. He, he said, you want to go listen to Sheldon speak? So I said, sure. And then I went and sat in there and I, it was the weirdest. I don't know. It was so awkward. I was just sitting in these little chairs, listening to Sheldon at the podium, podium, just drop the cliche line after cliche line. And I, I don't think I'm going to be doing that this morning. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you don't learn a lot about, we need to work hard, get off to a good start, you know, uh, be disciplined. No. Work hard. Not, not really, to be yeah. honest. Uh, it, it really depends on the coach. But, um, no, I, I just I didn't get much from it. So I, I think I'll be uh, taking the. Um, there, there's, there's lots we want to get to. Uh, we wanted to ask you about Adam Rajitska. He's a guy that uh, the Flames have given a lot of opportunity to, uh, although the guy hasn't played a full NHL season yet. But wanted to get your opinion on guys who potentially need a change of scenery. At what point have you seen that with guys you played with? Did you experience that in your professional career? Because it feels like he's a guy that has a lot of talent. It's just not clicking here uh, with the Calgary Flames. Do you think that's the case with Adam Rajitska? 
Yeah, and you know what? I spoke to someone within that organization um, who I know really well and played for. Uh, this is like two months ago now. And I remember asking him about Adam because we were covering the Flames that night and I didn't know much about the player. So I just wanted to pick his brain a little bit. And he said, we need more, he called it competitive consistency from Adam. And I thought at the time that was interesting because when I had seen him play, I thought he looked really good. And he said, just watch him just on a game to game basis. Uh, he'll bring his level of compete, but then he kind of disappears for two, three, four games. And so that's kind of what I've been noticing over the year, over the season as this has gone by, is that he'll have like these great games, even if he's on the fourth line, and I'll notice him every time he's out there. He's a difference maker. And then I'll forget he was in the lineup for five. Um, and I think that's a really hard part, if not the hardest part about playing pro hockey and in the NHL, is bringing that every day. Like That's a mental thing. That's not really physical. You get enough rest and stuff. Um, but to bring the same effort and competitive level every day day in day out practice game is it's challenging like you're not always going to be there mentally uh, every day I can speak um, I could speak from experience from that some days I'm not gonna lie you're just a little off but it's it's part of the job and um, I, I don't know if it's a new change of scenery that that that'll, that'll help some guys are just wired that way but mm. who knows a fresh set of eyes with um, with a new a new place might be might work for someone like that, but I, I've seen tons of guys like that. I mean, I don't want to compare these two players at all, but the first name that comes to mind for me with that is Nail Yakupov. Like, insanely skilled, practice would rip up and down the ice, crazy hands, had a nice shot, could dangle, but he just a didn't think the game incredibly well, and b you just you never knew what you were getting from Yak on a day-to-day basis. Like you didn't know which Yak was showing up, the Yak that wanted to be there or the Yak that was just kind of kind of go through the motions that day. Um, we've talked about it. Uh, it's, it. I think it's a point of frustration for some Flames fans. When you have a guy like Ruzicka who has that size yet doesn't really use that size, Luke, is that something that, you know, I'm sure the coaching staff – has tried to hammer home. It's not like he's going to go out there and bang bodies every shift, but maybe use your size a little more to your advantage. Like, is that just something guys, he's just not accustomed to doing that. He's a skilled guy, but it's like at this level, like it's, it's trying to be as effective as possible. And I feel like that guy needs to use his size more. hundred percent. And honestly, it's kind of one of the things that I had to, to work on. I told this story on TV uh, last week. We were talking about Slavkovsky in Montreal and I played a game in Arizona one night um, when Craig McTavish had taken over as head coach for Dallas Eakins. So he kind of stepped on the bench for a couple weeks with Todd Nelson. So it was like a little bit of a transition thing going on. But we played in Arizona and I was brutal. Like minus one, minus two, did not do anything out there. We flew to San Jose. We were skating in San Jose the next day. And we are doing the Indy 500 before practice, just kind of cruising around. And he came up to me tore me down a little bit and then he said the thing I'll never forget he said the play can't die with you and he said there were so not so many a couple instances the night before where you get the puck in the corner and instead of you know using your body using your size to get up the wall protect the puck cycle it back down to your line mate you're turning it over and the puck's going back outside of our offensive zone and it's it's leaving and he's like you're so big you're so strong that you you can't let plays and pucks die with you 
And I like, I will never forget that. He said it in a very constructive way. He was not happy, but he was just like, go have a good skate. But that's what I think about when I think of Adam. Like, I, I'm sure Ryan Huska would love him to go bang bodies and have five, six hits a game, but that's not his game. But at least a couple touches, like at least a, a couple F1 four checks. And then when you get the puck in the offensive zone, below the half wall, whatever it may be, like use your body, use your size. And, and don't be turning the puck over because I, I, that's one thing I, I see him getting into the bad habit of. I don't know how much of yesterday's game you caught, but uh, the Flames called up a, a big, large man to play on the fourth line now with Adam Rzichka being one of the scratches and Adam Clapp guy. He hasn't skated a ton. It's been like six minutes in his first couple of NHL games, but we'll see what happens against Columbus and Chicago later on this week. Just maybe a thought on someone who's that big coming into the NHL when – you know, he historically isn't a huge fighter. He's done it a little bit more in the AHL, mostly because of his size more than anything. But just a thought on what he's kind of going to be asked to do at the NHL level. Yeah, I watched it last night. I had it on at the same time as the oil. I had the old two TV set up. Oh, yeah. Um, but honestly, I thought that fourth line was one of the positive things that you can mm-hmm. take out of that Flames game. I thought him and um, Schwinn and A.J. Greer, who I've always liked, uh, brought some energy. And at the end of the day, for me, playing six minutes, I'm not going to lie, it doesn't sound challenging, but it's a very challenging thing in the NHL. You spread that out over three periods, which uh, sometimes you don't get the minutes in the third, but let's call it two shifts a period. Let's call it three shifts a period if Huss doesn't want to play in the the third. And you're expected to bring energy every time you're out there and, like, swing momentum if if the blues bring it the other way or go out and have a big fight a big big uh four check shift even maybe chipping offensively if you can like it is not easy playing six minutes you sit on the bench for probably eight to ten minutes in between shifts and then husky goes grizzly your line's gone (laughs) and you're you have to turn it on instantly in the snap of the fingers and go out there with cold legs and get after it i'm not trying to gain any sympathy by this Mm -hmm. i'm just saying it looks better on him that they looked like that because I know how challenging it can be. But for a guy like him, I almost have the same stuff and, and sentiment for Rosicka that I do with him is he's got to use that size. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be that big, you have to be dominant in the offensive zone. Start in the D zone, the gray area, getting pucks out six feet in inside your blue line. But then when you get into the offensive zone, you should be dominating, cycling pucks, uh, getting a little possession time going. And uh, I'm excited to see him uh, uh, see what he can do. Um, those little skates during the TV timeout for fourth liners when they're not playing a lot, do they help? No, I never used to do it. I refused. <laughs> refused. I'd sit there and uh, I would just mix it up with the guys and make sure I was still, uh, I was still very vocal on the bench. But I, I don't know. I thought it was... I don't want to say embarrassing. Like I just, I was so embarrassed. Like if I hadn't played in like a full period and just going out for the little twirl and then just want to let people know I'm still in the game. Sometimes I do it. If I had like, I wouldn't say never, if I had like friends or family, maybe in the stands, let's say we were somewhere and I had a couple buddies watching jump back out there just to let them know that I'm still in the game. I'm not injured here. I'm just not playing. Yeah. I like uh, Luke again, I don't want to minimize your career at all, Luke, but like you, when you're saying you're vocal on the bench, so you're like, come on, naughty seven, get out there and do something. I mean, David looks at you like, okay, Luke, like dial it back a little bit. I get it. Like, like how does that no, work? Honestly, <laughs> like, like I would think of that, like a guy like Connor, like if he got off the ice, I, I rarely wouldn't talk to 
guys like that too much if they're dialed in. I almost see them like starting pitchers here. I think baseball because I'm looking down at the dome, but they didn't really talk to starting pitchers during the game. But I, I would just if he had like a sick play, I'd be like, hey, that was nasty. <laughs> like, how did you, how did you do that? Uh, just like little things though. And I just, a, a coach told me when I was early in my career and I wasn't just one coach, it was like multiple coaches. He always talked about being engaged. And he's like, if you're going to play three minutes or if like power plays and penalty kills start happening and you're not playing, like you need to stay engaged, not just for the team, but for yourself. So when you get out there, it's not like you're not a step behind. So I always tried to like be loud vocally. Hey, nice play boys, this and that. But then if a guy came off, like, if he made a sick play that wasn't like super noticeable, maybe he made like just a little nice chip in the on the wall to get the puck out, or like had a really good shoulder, you know, head fake and and uh, faked out the other center. I'd be like, hey, that was a that was a really nice play. And like, I think that goes a long way for guys because there's so much stuff that happens out there that the viewer will not notice. That I think goes yeah goes unnoticed essentially. And I would just give guys a little tap. I wanted to ask you about uh, the upcoming game for the Calgary Flames as well. They play the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, on Thursday. The last time they played was October the 20th, and at the end of that game, uh, the Flames would end up losing it. Rasmus Anderson with a knee-on-knee hit to Patrick Line. It took him out for like eight, nine, ten games, something like that. It was all the way back in October 20th. Do you think the Blue Jackets remember that? Do you think that's going to be something that, you know, maybe keep an eye out for when they play on Thursday night? I mean, I'd remember it. That's just me, though. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's different with teams like Columbus, I feel like. When you're, I don't know, I don't know. I don't want to make this sound too bad on the Jackets, but when you're so far out of it, um, to keep that energy and and uh, to keep that in the back of your mind can be a tough thing, but they have a couple veterans there, too. Like, I know Boone Jenner's got the full shield on. Erica Branson, I can tell you, first and foremost, is probably going to remember that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's Raz, right? Uh, Raz, I don't know if he's going to be dropping the gloves and obliging at, at center ice and getting in a tilt with somebody. Some guys, you kind of just have to send a message the other way. I would just expect them to be very physical very early. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to, like, challenge him to a fight. But, I mean, if I was on the jackets, I would just make it known that we're there and probably get in his ear. And I think as a fourth line guy and if I was fourth line in the jackets if we were playing against Anderson every single puck would be getting dumped into his corner and just making him know that it's a long night for him that's one way you can kind of get some retaliation without maybe having to drop the gloves and scrap mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you as well because we had something earlier this season with Martin Pospisil and and even Adam Razichka actually when the Flames played the Predators but it was the second and probably final meeting between the two teams because they're not going to play in the playoffs do you ever remember stuff that goes on like a year? It goes on to the next season, something like that? Or is that kind of like, uh, season's over, it's a wash, we're on to a new year? Oh, man, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but you're damn right. Guys have the longest memories ever in hockey. <laughs> Me and Jamal Mayers talk about that all the time, where oh, yeah. guys' memories will go back two, three, four, five years. And, oh, man, I had a great one. I forget who it was, though. He, like two-handed someone they ended up scrapping and I was like why were you so upset he was like oh three years ago when I was in Minnesota he did this and I'm like what like I'm trying to remember the exact example but yeah guys hold things and hold grudges for a long time 
And I, I, I was kind of built that way too. But uh, yeah, hockey players have a tough time forgetting. Like I, I, I know you're struggling to remember that that story. So I just wonder what is the longest amount of time between an initial incident and how long before eventually retribution was served. I, I just wonder what the longest amount of time was, if if you can even possibly recall that. Oh man, let me. You gotta you gotta tell Patrick well, next time. Get me prepped for some. Uh, give me some questions so I can have some stories in the bank for you. But I just remember playing in the minors. And, like I was in the minors in Texas for those first couple of years. And I would see guys years and years later that I remembered hating playing against in the minors that I wanted to, you know, take a shot at. Um, Cause I, I was just felt the same way, but no, nothing off the top of my head. You guys just put me on the spot. I'll make sure Patty gets that to you. Yeah. You know what we're going to do with that? Whiteboard it. Yeah, we're going to whiteboard it. Well, <laughs> we got a whiteboard here. It's like, got all of our good ideas that never come to fruition. Like a little peek behind the curtain. Um, you're the one. Uh, we, we give you credit, Luke, because you gave us the story about the Cobra. Uh, Mr. Brent Cron, our big show Flames analyst, uh, you kind of birthed the Cobra on our show. And uh, we want to know if you have another Cobra story for us that we could potentially hear that we didn't know about our big show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron. Oh, man. Did that thing ever take off, too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my brother plays in Calgary. My brother lives in Calgary. He was playing men's league. He came home at Christmas. He's like, everyone was talking about it at the rink. Like, he's playing men's league on a Thursday night in Martelouk. And they're like, your brother talked about the Cobra story. I was, they were all dying. I'm like, oh, my God, it's flying around. After we were done, probably like... Two hours after we got off the phone that day, I saw Brent Cron flash up on my phone, and I went, oh, no. Is he going to be pissed at me? Uh, I was like, he's got to be mad. Like, he's probably going to be mad that I said that. I'm not sure if people, if people like, know that. And he hey, thanks for the tire pump. P.S. With a snake emoji. Yes! I love it. So I, he, he loved it, and I'm glad he did because uh, he, he was the best man. No, uh, Pat, Patty prepped me with that too, but I, I couldn't think back too far. He was just um, he was just the man, honestly. Like, he was just the man. Uh, there's a couple that I'd probably have to tell you guys off air that would have you in stitches, mm. but I'm not sure the uh, 7.45 a.m. radio, 7.50 a.m. radio yeah. listeners is ready for a couple. Uh, but honestly, he was just the man. He always had a smile on his face every day. He was good for a one-liner. Um, I remember asking him one day, I was tipping pucks in front of the net and I was trying to get better at little reaction time. And I was like, Hey, how do you get better at, you know, you know, judging how pucks come in and, um, you know, reacting to shots from the point. He looked at me, he's like, do you mean like, how do I, how am I a goalie? How do I become a better goalie? It's a valid question. You're like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I was like, stupid question, man. Sorry. <laughs> He's the best. He's got bad knees, though. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine uh, if those knees. He, huh. No, he was the same way we were there. He was just, his body was kind of breaking down. But uh, like I told you guys last time, man, what a goaltender. He was uh, a big reason we made the Calder Cup Finals. Lost in six, unfortunately. But uh, one of my favorite goalie teammates of all time. Uh, you're one of our favorites, uh, Luke. Terrific stuff as usual. Thanks for this, pal. Enjoy the morning skate. Uh, anytime, guys. Thanks. There he is, Luke Gazdick, NHL on Sportsnet analyst, former NHLer. 
and the Mitzav podcast on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Um, big breaking news this morning from uh, the hockey world. According to uh, Rick Westhead of uh, the Globe and Mail, TSN, uh, five members of the 2018 World Junior Hockey Team have been told to surrender to London, Ontario police to face charges of sexual assault, according to two sources. The pending charges are connected to an alleged group of sexually uh, alleged a group sexual assault of a woman in a hotel room. The incident occurred following a Hockey Canada fundraising gala in June of 2018, where the players were honored for their win at the World Junior Hockey Championships. The players who have not been charged yet have been given a set of period of time to present themselves at London Police Headquarters, according to two sources with knowledge of the investigation. And the Globe is not naming because they have not been authorized to speak on the case. So big breaking news uh, in the, uh, the world of hockey. This is something that we've been waiting on. Uh, the report was supposed to come out. We were waiting on it, and here we are. Uh, five players uh, have to uh, surrender themselves to London, Ontario police following that sexual assault. We don't know. We don't want to speculate. Don't want to name names. But this is a very, very serious thing that will have a lot of ramifications on where these guys in their NHL career goes from here because uh, it could be prominent players. It could be guys who aren't even in the league right now. I don't know, but this is uh, a very, very big story. And uh, we have an update this morning from a very, very reliable source, uh, Rick Westhead, uh, who broke the story out. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to more uh, about this with Julian McKenzie straight ahead. He covers the Flames for The Athletic. You also hear him on um, Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon. But uh, again, like this is probably just the start of what's going to continue to kind of there'll be more information over the next week. Like I'm sure we're going to find out who the five players are over the next little bit because they're not going to be able to play in the NHL. That's for sure. But it also says uh, uh, they've been given a set period of time. We don't know how long that period of time is. It could be months uh, when they have a, a to, to go surrender themselves to police could be after the season. We don't know. Like, yeah. There's just a lot in the air right now. Uh, but again, it, it's it's very um, difficult uh, to speculate uh, what's happening right now. And that's the 2018 World Junior Team. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the 2018. And this, uh, and this uh, horrific incident occurred uh, in June of 2018. All right. Uh, we'll talk to Julian McKenzie next. Flames lose to the Blues uh, 4-3 last night. We'll break that down. And obviously... Uh, the biggest story in the hockey world uh, this morning, uh, just breaking during our show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.